This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, if they made the decision after week one, I would think you'd have to be in the conversation. There's a lot of weeks left, Chris. We're going to do this a lot more, you and me. Sit here and talk. You're probably going to have that seat right there in the front row. And, uh, and oh my goodness, I think back to week one when you're in week 15, 16, 17. I mean, it's a distant memory, so... You uh, win or lose, you kind of treat them like stages of the Tour de France. You just go back to, you know, emptying the binder and start filling the next binder with the next game plan and try to get the next one. Judd, don't you have that same shirt that Kirk was wearing? That's sort of like beige. I, yeah, I think we share a lot of clothes. That, that button-up, short sleeve shirt I probably there. do. Yeah. You guys are a lot more alike than maybe you think you are. Mine might be blue. Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely have. You do have a blue one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we definitely have things in, in common. Um, I don't think he has as much fun in life as I, I do, but he's incredibly rich, so he probably has. Oh, he his has his own, own fun. fun. Um, yeah. yeah, we definitely don't. We definitely don't share a lot of things, but there are certain things where I look at Kirk and I think yeah, that's very Judd-like. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I think you guys, you guys are both, you guys are both excellent at your craft. You're very obsessive about your craft. I think I can in help a, in him, a good though. way. You're both great family men. Uh, Judd yeah, with see, his dog and wife. Kirk yeah, with his yeah. kids. <laughs> Kirk with his kids and family and me with Dawn and and Stella. It's not exactly the same. And your cans of Surly are a part of the family as well. The I, I wonder if Kirk has Surly. the occasional cocktail. Uh, I, have no idea. I think he probably, what do you think? I bet he enjoys a very nice, cheap, light beer every once in a while. Yeah, like a, like a Corona? No, lower. I, I, like a key, like a Keystone? I think like I Milwaukee, think I think Milwaukee's he loves himself a Miller Lite. I was gonna say I, he, I, he, yeah. he Coors Light. loves a yeah. Miller Lite. I was gonna say Coors Light. Yeah, I, I think you guys. And are if he's feeling frisky, maybe a full Budweiser, not a Bud Light, a full on Budweiser, Bud yep. heavy, as they like to call it. <laughs> I could see him out to dinner with a glass of wine. Yeah, too. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just whatever you know, whatever the house Chardonnay is, something like that. Um, Boys, the Vikings gave everyone the positive feels yesterday. This is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports, entertainment, therapy, speculation, uh, whatever you need from us. If you missed Vikings Ventline, the debut of the 2022 season edition of Vikings Ventline, it's already on track to be one of the most consumed Ventlines, maybe even like tracking for like the number one spot here in the next 48 hours. So thanks to everyone who... Who jumped on after the game? Just thousands of people celebrating a Vikings ass whooping of the Green Bay Packers. This is a statements Monday here on Mackie and Judd. 
And I want to start you guys off with this one. We dabbled at the very end of Purple Daily in this, but I think it's worth expanding on. My first statement is Kirk Cousins was brilliant under pressure yesterday. This has been one of his biggest problems as a Vikings quarterback. Last year, he ranked, according to Pro Football Focus, he ranked 20th when facing pressure. Now, the top quarterbacks in the league last year under pressure, Josh Allen, this is among like regular starters, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Justin Herbert. So guys that are either elite or mobile, right, can escape pressure and, and make a play. Kirk was 20th. When you want to go yards per attempt, so how, how, how far down the field are you completing passes on average when faced with pressure? The top two quarterbacks last year were Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, the two guys that wound up in the Super Bowl. Guess what? Being great against pressure helps you go further in the playoffs, helps you overcome offensive line problems. Uh, Russell Wilson's on the list, Kyler Murray again, and uh, Lamar Jackson too, just like the, the Ravens pushed the ball in the field. Yesterday, and including the Thursday game, of all the quarterbacks who have played so far, it's only one week, but after week one, Kirk Cousins has the second highest grade PFF against pressure behind only Josh Allen. And he averaged 10 yards per throw facing pressure. So it wasn't just like, oh, God, swing pass to Madison or, oh, you know, backup tight end in the flat. It was faced with pressure, looking, hunting for big plays down the field, driving the ball down the field. And I go back to one of the first things Kevin O'Connell said in his introductory press conference when asked about Cousins, and he said, it is my job to try to get him to play with a more quiet mind. And this is exactly what he's talking about. When things are breaking down, oh my God, pressure. What are you doing? Are you still completing passes down the field? Are you, Or are you shriveling and checking down or throwing incomplete passes? And he was excellent under pressure yesterday. And he also did not run once. Which is, I mean, he does have a tendency when things are, are breaking down and he gets a little bit scared to run. The other thing is, so there there were a few plays, I thought, that were sort of, um, that demonstrated the difference in, in Kirk being coached up and Kirk just being turned loose. Uh, the, the obvious one that comes to mind is the long pass to Jefferson, which is a great play where he's under obvious pressure actually almost runs up in the pocket and launches the ball. Something I don't recall him doing. It was very Keenum-like. Like, that that's something Case did. Uh, the other one that I think is also very instructive of the difference in Kirk, and it's a small thing, but it's huge, is there, there's a play, I think it was in the second half, but there's a play where Kenny Clark beats Ingram first, tosses him aside, see ya, Ed, and then tosses Bradbury aside, see ya, Garrett, and he's bearing down on Kirk, and it ends up being an incompletion. But most importantly, Kirk is cocking back to throw, and Clark tries to swipe at the ball, doesn't get it, and it falls in incomplete. I swear to God, the last four years, Kirk has the ball swiped away and fumbles. And, I mean, think about all the times that we've talked about, you know, Kirk Cousins fumbled again and why, and, oh, the offensive line is breaking down, you know. Your your assessment has to be for every team in this league. The offensive lines are going to break down a lot. Like it happens. The question is, what do, do you do? And nobody was demanding there. Kirk Cousins better complete the damn pass, right? Nobody said that. He threw an incompletion. 
But the most important thing was, one, he didn't get sacked, which would not have been some huge fault, but he didn't get sacked. And two, mm-hmm. he didn't lose the football, which would have been a huge problem. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how games change. So it's just small stuff like that, that to me, if Kirk can continue on the track of cleaning those things up and navigating the pocket, he doesn't have to become Tarkington, but just being more comfortable becomes absolutely huge. And so I really take I really take stock in a very good step one for Kirk doing the things that we have asked for four years here. Four years. And yeah. yesterday, I think he did, did them. It doesn't mean it's all flashy, and it doesn't mean he's going to become somebody he's not, but it does mean that gives you a chance to win a game pretty damn convincingly. One more statistical thing on this, right? So the average depth of target when faced with pressure. So again, this is, I'm getting in the statistical weeds here a little bit. Get those nerds! 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 But it's basically, you know, when you're faced with pressure, are you trying to throw the ball down the field still? And that's that Kurt Warner video that we watched last week. You know, he's saying there's pressure coming from this side. It means you got a one-on-one matchup down the field here. I mean, this is the time to hunt and, and attack down the field. You should be welcoming this pressure. This is great. And the best quarterbacks in the NFL are averaging, you know, 15, 16 yards per target on those pressure plays. Last year, so this is this is kind of crazy. Russell Wilson, and that offensive line's been a train wreck for years in Seattle. Now he's with Denver. He averaged 16 yards depth of target when faced with pressure in 2021. Yep. Patrick Mahomes averaged 13 yards. There's some guys in here, too, like Jalen Hurts, 14 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 12 yards. Uh, Cousins ranked last year 25th in average depth of target when faced with pressure last year. Because it's this, oh, God, check down, right? And so I think that's what Kevin O'Connell is trying to get him to do is, dude, this is good. You want the, you sh- I mean, you don't want, like, Ed Ingram getting blown off the line of scrimmage. But, you know, advantageously, you should be hunting down the field in these situations. So. Amen. Great sign yesterday. Great sign all around. Absolutely. All right. Next statement. Next, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go here. Uh, my statement is stay aggressive on offense. So the only time yesterday that the Vikings offense kind of reminded me of 2021 and the lacklusterness was an eight-play sequence between the end of the first into the second quarter. Um, in those eight plays, the Vikings had a three and out. Uh, Then in their second possession, they did get a first down, I believe five plays, six, seven plays or so, but it went heavy to Alexander Madison and C.J. Ham with zero targets to Justin Jefferson. Eight plays, about two to three different handoffs to Madison, a swing pass to C.J. Ham, no targets to Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen called the offense the most explosive and aggressive offense he's ever been a part of, right? And that kind of eight-play sequence... Yeah, it didn't shipwreck the Vikings by any means, but it reminds me of the past Vikings where what all right, we, we have saw the blueprint in the first first possession of the game, right? Feed Justin Jefferson, attack, push the ball down the field. And then all of a sudden, something gets a little conservative. Oh, we gotta mix in Alexander Madison here. Oh, we gotta mix in a nice little fullback swing pass here to CJ Ham. Eight plays, zero targets to Justin Jefferson. Now, I want the Vikings to continue to use all their playmakers, of course, because they're, they're all over the place. Herb Smith, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osmond were essentially afterthoughts in this game. But that kind of eight-play sequence where you're using just Alexander Madison and C.J. Ham, it drives me bonkers. So stay aggressive on offense. 
I think it, what's kind of amazing, though, is like if that's the nitpick off the game yesterday where, oh, there was this 20-minute yeah. you know, period where – but then they, they snapped out of it. They got back to it. Overall, the 11 targets. I mean, let's look at this. So last year, Jefferson, he came on strong at the end of the season with targets. But Cooper Cup is kind of the – is the bar, right, for how much you can just pump the ball to a guy yep. on a regular basis. So Cooper Cup had 191 targets last year, which led all players. He played in uh, 17 games, so 191. So Cooper Cup averaged 11 targets per game. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson yesterday had 11 targets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, the, and the numbers obviously came to fruition. The guy set his personal record for yards in the game. So... He's on a Cooper Cup pace for targets, and I'm not going to get too worked up if he disappears for like a series or two. As long as at the end of the day, you you get him the ball 11 to 15 times, and and he is the most targeted receiver in the NFL because he deserves to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Over to me. Over to you. Yes. Here's my statement. I noticed a difference in what you say in Kirk Cousins on and off the field. All right. So we, we just went went through in Phil's opening statement about Kirk's play, about how he uh, thrived instead of failed, and he didn't shrink under pressure. But I urge you to go to Vikings.com and watch his postgame press conference. And look, Kirk Cousins is not going to completely change. So, like, I'm not saying that he became Brady at the podium or something. But I urge you to watch his demeanor at the podium and the subtle differences in how he responded to questions Kirk would always, when Zimmer was coach, it felt like Kirk often approached the podium and talked through and tried to smile uncomfortably as much as possible through gritted teeth. Um, And I contend now that that was because Kirk was upset about how things had gone with Mike. Mike didn't like Kirk. Kirk, good or not, clearly needs to be liked, okay? Go and watch his postgame presser yesterday. And that guy is at ease for as much as Kirk can possibly be at ease. He's answering questions. He's actually giving some depth of answer. Um, The bailouts aren't nearly as much of, you know, well, I got to look at the film and we got to go back and look at this. And I'm sure, you know, a team, team, team. He's actually answering and responding to questions. And he has never seemed in his time here since arriving as a free agent in 2018 as comfortable in his own skin, I thought, as he did as a person yesterday. And I think that's yeah. an incredibly important step here because you're never going to change him completely, but everything that changed yesterday speaks to me to a quarterback who is comfortable and that is such a huge step here. He needs infrastructure. He needs support. He's not going to be the guy that can just kind of take over an organization and impose his will and his, like Peyton Manning comes into an organization and it's like, "Well, Kind of matters who the coach is, but uh, you know whether it's John Fox or whoever the hell the coach is. It's really Peyton Manning is setting the culture, running the show. You know, Cousins needs just he needs more support. He needs things around him, and they're finally giving that to him with Kevin O'Connell and this scheme. And you know, again, it's one week, and they have right. to play a really tough game on the road Monday Night Football. And they haven't lost. You're and right. and we have yet to see what everything looks like when they aren't front running and winning. If they lose a couple of games in a row at some point, what does it all look and feel like? But to the to this point, we haven't we haven't we can only go off of the positive vibes that they continue to set for eight months. It feels like what we saw against the Packers was a lot of the things that we've been basically talking about 
on this show for a long time, though. Like that that's where I'm encouraged because I never thought that we we were talking about pie in the sky impossible things. And it's like, okay, if you're not going to do that for Kirk, then Kirk here does not make sense. But yeah. but how many of the things both on and off the field have we basically said, why can't you do this? And you know, the like, oh, I can't do that. Can't it's changed. It feels like it, it's changed. And at least that gives you a fighting opportunity which the last two years for sure felt like it was gone. Mm -hmm. All right. Next statement here presented by our friends over at spiral light candles, the purple positivity victory candle. That's potentially right. Absolutely. Absolutely. A great gift for, for mom or, or your wife, girlfriend, spiral light candles makes a product that I'm going to tell you right right now provides an aroma around your your house that you will love. I'm not much of a smell guy. I mean, Judd's not, but I'll tell you what. Spiral light has changed our house, and as Phil just said, the Purple Positivity candle available now. It's a candle, it's purple, and it's perfect because during the course of a game when things can get upsetting or hectic, guess what? That is your that is your candle to calm you down and remind you that it's all going to be okay at the end. And it's as easy as doing this. Go to SpiralLightCandles.com, SpiralLightCandles.com, and tell them that you want a Judd's Purple Positivity Candle to ease your nerves during times of stress when you're watching football. Uh, underdog, you guys have a good time on Underdog. This oh weekend? yeah, great time. I didn't on Underdog fa- I didn't ferry as oh, well really? yesterday, but I've won a lot lately, so okay. I'm still very. Hey, happy. I'll, I'll show you a little little Dex tweet slip here that oh. I just snuck in. Aaron Rodgers under 34 and a half passing attempts. Shout out oh. to Matt Lafleur oh. for pulling Aaron Rodgers because I rolled that oh one in God. at Jordan exactly Love. 34 pass attempts. Nice little sweat out there. Uh, higher on Dalvin Cook for rushing yards. Higher on Kirk. I locked that 258 passing yards in actually last Tuesday because those lines get out early and then Kirk's numbers jump up a little bit. So I locked that oh. in right away nice. and Kirk had no problem. 277 yards. And the great thing about this, actually, I had the insurance mode on an underdog fantasy for pickup. So the insurance mode guarantees that if, as long as I get two out of three, I still get a payout. I still, you, don't, you don't have to worry about all. Oh, isn't it the worst? You have a parlay. And you don't have all three hit, and you obviously don't win it. Well, Underdog Fantasy gives you an opportunity to still win some money with that insurance mode. We uh, we also added a, a so many different users to Underdog Fantasy last week. So if you want to get in on some fantasy football leagues, you want to get in on these great pick options to talk about, show us your slips on Underdog Fantasy. Download <laughs> the Underdog Fantasy app right now and get in on the action with Jen and myself. Amazing, amazing. You know what the the real insurance mode is, though? Kevin O'Connell, insuring all of the overs for those Viking stats (laughs) going forward this season. All right, next statement here. Yesterday was great validation for the Vikings' decision to fire Mike Zimmer and run it back with new leadership. And I will be the first to admit, I was very skeptical. Hey, wow, you guys are going to... You guys have been sputtering around eight wins, seven wins for two years, aging core on defense with Kendricks and Harrison Smith and had Kirk Cousins kind of is who he is. And I will fully eat crow in two or three months from now if this team continues playing like this. Happily, I will literally, if you want me to eat a live crow, I'm Purple Daily. I don't know if I'll do that. but Don't do that. Why not? uh, But but this yesterday was great validation. Yes. You know, they, they saw a vision for a better version of this team under better leadership, and man, that thing looked great yesterday for three hours. So, all right, let's do it. Did. Worked out really well. Um, my next statement here, 
I'll go on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Zadarius Smith is exactly what this defense needs. So 45 snaps for Zadarius Smith yesterday. He had a sack, a tackle for a loss. We have a couple quarterback hits in Rodgers' face, all bleeping day, essentially. Um, he just brings an attitude and swagger that that Vikings defense has also lost a little bit. I think Everson Griffin did a great job in his prime of kind of being that high-energy, high-strung guy. But Zadarius Smith is still only just, he just turned 30 years old. He's two seasons removed from being an all-pro, essentially. Um, there is still a lot of gas left in that tank, and I think Daniel Hunter obviously needs a little bit of a tag-team partner in it to make life a lot easier on that defensive line. And the defensive ends have to basically get after the quarterback. The Vikings' defense still a little bit of a work in progress. There were certainly some positive takeaways outside of the pass rush yesterday, but it's clearly not going to be their bread and butter. So Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith, they have to do their job of getting after the quarterback, and Zadarius Smith is exactly what this Vikings defense needs. Amen. He he looked like the old Zadarius, right? Just, mm-hmm. he, he did the, the crawl celebration, and I kind of, it, it, I get why, because they've both just been ghosts. They just haven't played the last couple of years. But it's incredible how few people outside of Minnesota are looking at that tandem and talking about it. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, those guys uh, yeah, those guys have been hurt, so they don't <laughs> exist, you know? Mm-hmm. Even on the, the comeback player of the year odds that I was looking at on one of the sportsbook sites, neither one of them is, like, a top three or top four. I don't even think they're in the top ten. Like, one, I think Zadarius might be eighth or something, but no one's talking about them. And yesterday they showed you, oh, God, yeah, that's those are two guys from like two years ago that were two of the best at their craft in the entire league. So, boy, if they stay healthy for the majority of the season, mm. hmm. My next statement is this. The Vikings got their kicks. So there's a couple <laughs> things that we tend to ignore when they go well, because, of course, they go well. One is is if the head coach does not go crazy on the sideline and screw up timeouts. Or challenges, right? Like, because O'Connell did a really good job there, and we're not really talking about it because, of course, he did. He's supposed to. But Mike, of course, struggled with that a lot of times. The other one is the kicker. Um, unless the kicker makes a huge field goal or misses, we're often like, of course, he, he made his kicks. But Greg Joseph, who had a great training camp, went three for three, including tying the franchise record on Sunday, making one from 56 yards with no sweat. Like, that was not a, oh, my God, it hit the upright and went in, or it barely got through. That was, uh, yeah, of course, he made that that kick. Well, it's not an, of course, in this town. So I want to shine a light on Greg Joseph and the fact that this guy, and I'm telling you right now, the most important. Greg Joseph. Yep, the most important person impacted is definitely Kirk. Like, Kirk has been, Kirk is going to be positively impacted by the fact that he now has a coach and basically an infrastructure that believes that Kirk can be good. But Greg Joseph's a close second, you guys. Greg uh-huh. Joseph is a close second. When when you have you know, you think about um Daniel Carlson and what if from the moment he set foot in here. And I always said oh, it was a terrible idea. Set foot did you in get here. that? Did, oh, did you get that? God. I didn't even mean it. There you go. But if you go back to Carlson, <laughs> I always said drafting him was crazy because of Mike, not because he sucked. And if you, your kicker is incredibly important. Like, you cannot dismiss that position. I know it's a weird little thing, but it's a very important position. And to have a kicker who's comfortable and can just do his job without the threat of being exterminated by a coach who hates his guts is a huge step. So, Daniel, Daniel Carlson, we're sorry. Greg Joseph, 
Bravo. Love it. Yeah, man, that was a, that 56 yarder, man, that was a thing of beauty. It was just, it was a 350 yard drive, slight little baby draw right down the middle. No worries, man. Oof. He had that, that, that preseason kick that would have been good from like 70 yards. It was like a 49 yarder that crossed at the top of the uprights. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy's got a leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. My next statement here is the rightful style of football is back at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I get that back in the, you know, the, the early days of the Vikings when you're playing outside and you're playing in December, January, snow, mud, old school football, Bud Grant, right? You got the purple people eaters. You're going to play a defensive style outdoor football and you're going to, and you're going to grind it. And they had some great offenses too, but it was known for defensive style football. But again, the best Vikings teams in my life have been aerial attack, track meet, take a lead, let the defense operate, knowing the opposing team's going to pass. And they've had some great defenses too, late 80s, right? That 87 defense, the Mike Zimmer defenses that, that peaked in 2017. But when you're talking about leveraging what you have with an indoor stadium and the noise that you can create, big passing plays down the field, using that artificial turf to let your receivers run great routes and get open down the field mm-hmm. and uh, and and just attacking, and then the fans get into it, and now you have a lead, and the opposing team knows they have to pass, and it's loud. Like That's what the great Vikings teams in my life have felt like. They've, ne- they've yet to pay it off with a Super Bowl, and so hopefully that's coming at some point. But um, it always, and Zimmer did a great job of kind of jamming a square peg into a round hole. We're going to play defensive style football here inside. And he, and he did it. Like they did a great job for a couple of years. But this feels more natural to me watching this franchise. And I think the fans are more attracted to it, they get more excited behind it. Yeah. And I, th- I thought the atmosphere just watching on TV reflected that yesterday, too. I mean, you were, you were inside the stadium, so you can speak on it, Judd. It's a lot more fun. And yes, when when you have what potentially looks like it very well could be a high-flying offensive attack, defense is fun, and fans will make noise. Um, but when you're basing your your success on one thing, and that is we are going to outscore you, it's more fun. So yes, I think fans... I think fans, for a multitude of reasons now at U.S. Bank Stadium, are going to be a lot more into it. They wanted to be, but I always felt like, you know, the Cleveland game, right? Last year, opening drive, a score. Oh, this is going to be great. I think that was the last touchdown. So, yeah, yeah it felt like if with the adjustments made and, again, a superstar player, that's the most important thing. Justin Jefferson is going to be someone everyone gravitates to. Because it's not like, well, I mean, they've got a really fun attack. They don't really have a star, you know, player. Or it's Dalvin Cook is their star. Dalvin's fine. I'm not trying to rip him. But when you have a guy like Jefferson who can run the routes and is arguably uncoverable, there is nothing that makes a crowd, I think, more electric than that type of player. Amen. Amen. All right, Dex. Yeah, um... One more from me here. I'll say that that was the expect expectation for Kirk Cousins. This is the expectation for what Kirk Cousins should deliver week in and week out for the Vikings. When he signed the ironclad deal, when you thought he was going to take the team that went to an NFC championship game back there or to a Super Bowl, yesterday's performance is the exact kind of performance we want to see from Kirk Cousins week in and week out. Uh, 22 of 32, 277 yards. 
uh, graded across all great boards on QBR, on passer rating, on PFF grades. It was universally loved. There was, really wasn't one thing that stood out that was really a negative in his game. He stood in the pocket. He looked at Justin Jefferson. He didn't check down to a Tyler Conklin, if you will. I know he doesn't play for the Vikings, but I saw that too many times last year. That's in my head still. Uh, he did everything that that's the ex- expectation for Kirk Cousins is what he did against Aaron Rodgers. And he historically actually has played very well against Aaron Rodgers led teams when he's been with the Vikings. He actually now owns, I think, a four, three and one record against the Packers uh, since coming to Minnesota. So that is the expectation for Kirk. Why are we so hard on Kirk? Because he has performances like this in him that we want to see week in and week out. That's and he, the expectation. And he did check down, but that's fine. We, we've never said don't check down ever, Kirk. We've said, hold on a second, there's opportunities at times, and you still check down. Um, And so, like, that's the thing. He threw as many completions to Johnny Munt as Thielen, as Osborne. But they also exploited matchups with Jefferson down the field. So, like, this is, nobody ever said, well, Kirk, you've got to completely change. And if you don't air the ball out, you suck. What we've said is there's opportunities here. And so, like, now if you check down a few times, yeah, bravo, that's fine. Don't fumble. Um, but that's where, like, this is all – we've never asked him to be, like, this unbelievable QB. We've asked him to function like he should for a guy that earns his paycheck. And I think it's very fair to say on Sunday he earned his paycheck. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's fair, Judd. Final Viking statement for you? A final Viking statement is this, and it's to the rest of the National Football League. 31 teams besides the Vikings. Good luck. So you're going to hear today with Justin Jefferson. You know, the Packers, and we already saw it last night. The Packers didn't do a good job. Packers grew up. Packers, what are they doing there? Justin Jefferson, you know. What happened to the Packers' defense? Yeah, That's... exactly. Which, by the way, which we, we talked about extensively, is a very well-respected defense, okay? So now the whole thing in in Philadelphia probably this week is going to be, how are you going to shut down Jefferson? You're got to do a better job than the Packers, right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you have a superstar player in a good scheme. Mm. The Vikings are going to have alterations for Monday. It's not going to look the exact same. And this notion that teams aren't, oh, you didn't, you didn't cover Jefferson. I don't take it lightly when I equate 18 with 84. Jefferson and Moss, think about Moss's first few years, all right? Do you think teams purposely said, you know what? We're not really going to cover him. Screw it. We'll just let him have great games. The Green Bay Packers in 1999 drafted three defensive backs six feet or taller to combat the problems that Moss created. Jefferson's the same type. So, like, this whole notion of, I I guarantee you we're going to go through a month of, well, teams are going to shut down Jefferson. They're going to find a way. You know what teams do? They shut down the Thielens, who's a very good player, but you can find a way. I challenge a team. Good luck in completely taking away this offense if Jefferson is used correctly, which I think from what we saw yesterday, small sample size alert, is very possible that he's going to be used differently and correctly. But this is the whole Cooper Cup thing. Cooper Cup, you know, why is he in motion? Because the defense has to show you what it plans to do then. And that's where you create mismatches that can be exploited the second the ball is snapped. This was never... When, when you have the player, so I'll, I'll be clear here. When you have the player, like Jefferson, this was never this implausible, well, you can't do that. Which is why people 
God bless them, who watch film in their basement, God bless them, who tell me, well, you can't, no, you can't do this. What are they supposed, what's Kubiak supposed to do? These guys are paid millions of dollars to figure this stuff out. This yeah, is what you do. it down their throats. And it's a superstar. Like so you have to, with this, with this scheme, you, you've got Justin Jefferson. You good? You all right? <laughs> no, I just, I'm just, I just, this is what we've been calling for. And when you see it come to fruition, it brings tears to your eyes because it's so beautiful. Well, you've got to, you got Justin Jefferson, who just on his own is one of the most talented, unguardable receivers in the league. And then you watch the scheme yesterday and it's crossing patterns and it's motions and just trying to keep track of where your guy is going. Yes. And then your guy is Justin Jefferson. And that's how, how's he breaking so wide open? Well, he's amazing, and the scheme is confusing for opposing defenses to decipher what's happening, and there's no film on it yet. There's some there's some film with the Rams and stuff, but like there's no Vikings Kevin O'Connell uh, film. And not with that guy, so, there's not. Yeah. So um, before we get to a buffoon of the week, I do think we should highlight some sad Packers fans from the weekend. Uh, and speaking of, by the way, Packer Ventline ordinarily – Courtesy of our friends on the fan in Milwaukee. Well, that station was blown sky high about three weeks ago, and some really good, talented people lost their jobs. Bart Winkler, yeah. uh, our guy Rami, actually, he about two months ago went out to Sacramento to take an afternoon hosting job out uh, with Nick Cattles. And so, but like, hopefully those guys find a landing spot. But it also means that the Green and Gold postgame show no longer existed. So we had to go and tap some other sources for sad Packers fans. And he is there to block Zedarius Smith, which they do. And he's going to bomb, bomb! Oh, no! It's a bomb to Christian Watson! And he drops it! No! Oh, my God. No! Oh! Oh, man, that just killed me. He had it, and he dropped it. Oh, my God, he was wide open. No! <laughs> what do you suppose he went to type oh, real quick man. there? Well, he I think he's running. He's, he's got, running like, a, a graphics stream. package. Yeah. He's got the scoreboard okay. up there. Wow, he's got the, awesome. the bottom thing. scroll. I think he's, like, okay. producing his own live stream on the fly. Yeah. So is it Tom Grossi or Tom Grossi comedy? Yep. So he's he's a comedian who also is a by the forty three different Packers helmets on his desk there. <laughs> That's awesome. Is also a diehard Packers fan. Apparently, he just live streams his reaction to the game. That was the that was the first play of the game for the Packers. Mm, nice draft pick, guys. Nice draft pick. Got one more here. Go, Pat, go. Whatever they're doing. Whether it's training camp, whether it's preseason, they and Matt Lafleur said this that they need to look at everything. He's not lying. They need to look at everything with the way that they get ready to play Week One because this is not to the standard. This cannot be how this looks. Mm. <laughs> well, it is Week One. The last two years, if you thought yesterday was bad, go check out if you forgot what they did. Was it the Saints that just beat the brakes off them last in week year? One last year, didn't they just get yeah. hammered? And then they figured it out. I think Rodgers called him an embarrassment after week one last year, right? He dropped something he? That, that was highly controversial. Okay. He, he ripped yeah, him. Remember. 
And I think it was I not taken well. Yeah. But then they then they only lost two games the rest of the year. So I would not totally write the Packers off quite yet. But uh, but there it is. Packer vent line here. We've got Bears vent line whenever that's ready to go. Just uh, Sometimes it's just fun to look at sad Packer fans and laugh to ourselves. Boys, uh, buffoon of the week here every single Monday. It's a recognizable face if you are a, a Packer fan. Don't let the Dak Prescott thumb injury fool you. The Dallas Cowboys, led by buffoon of the week Mike McCarthy, had scored three points. That was a home game for them last night. Jerry Jones up there in the in the owner suite. They scored three points with Dak Prescott, and then they brought Cooper Rush in the game. So uh, classic Mike McCarthy bewildered face on the sidelines for three hours last night, staring off into the distance with his uh, little like neck chin beard thing that he's got going on. I think Declan is probably right here. I thought they might get toward the end of the season, but boy, Mike McCarthy being around by the time December, January rolls around seems like a long shot. So Mike McCarthy is the buffoon of the week here on Mackey and Judd. I still think it's Dan Quinn. I think Dan what, Quinn the, replaces the over for him? replaces him, and then depending on his if if Dan if Dan Quinn does a great job, I think he gets the job. If things don't go well. Sean Payton, man, is just sitting there. Someone's going to get get him. And as much as I detest him as a person, he is a heck of a coach. Like, you can't dismiss his quarterback whisper it, background. It, I would say that I know that Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl, but Dan Quinn's a better coach right now in 2022, don't you think? Don't you lean on – I mean, Dan Quinn also – didn't Dan Quinn have a – he was the one that blew the uh, – the twenty eight yeah, point the, lead with Falcons. In the Super Bowl. So yes. he kind of has a Super Bowl. Yes, play. and they paid I I, <laughs> I want to say that, that he was being pursued pretty heavily during the offseason for head coaching jobs, and I think the Cowboys paid a pretty penny to keep him. Yeah. So he's being paid well. Yeah, McCarthy I don't know what happened there. The fastball is gone. He was a good coach at one time for sure. But I feel like the yeah, fastball the, is gone. Yeah, that's probably he and Zim should go to a ranch, hang out, and drink surlies. <laughs> they should. They should. By the way, uh, in case you're wondering what our Twitter mentions look like right now, oh boy. somebody is responding. There's a Judd tweet in here somewhere where you're telling someone that a lot of people defended the sinking ship the last two years and the Purple Daily family demanded change and finally got it. Mm-hmm. Just being hopeful doesn't cut it. And then another guy jumps in and says, uh, you know, it's not your job. You're not God. It's not your job yeah. to demand anything. But then hold on. This debate gets better. Oh, OK. Then then another guy jumps in and says, no, it literally is his job. Like his job is to talk about the Vikings every day. Right. And uh, Jay Boogie 79 says he's a YouTuber on a podcast. It's not his job. That's exactly right. Still living my mom's I basement. Love Twitter, man. <laughs> Despite yes. the fact she's dead. Um, oh. <laughs> so, so that, so, but that was weird because that started with a Kirk thing. And I said, look, Kirk played great. Kudos. But this is what we want. But then it turned out that I, that he said I shouldn't pass judgment on Kirk because that's between Kirk and God or something like, like that's the thing is what? Yeah. I think it was a religious thing. So like my, my whole point is I'll talk. Kirk does God have, all does day. God watch red zone channel? I feel like he's too little, too busy to be sitting got down. It, like God, out, God outsources football criticism to other people on earth because he doesn't have time to the watch. Way I believe the, in God. You, you could probably watch every game live and like grasp everything. 
Like everything. He doesn't need red zone channel. No, he exactly right. Sits up, sits up, and kicks his feet back. I introduced red zone channel <laughs> to uh, my girlfriend's fifteen year old brother for the first time yesterday. Oh, he had man. never heard. He was a red zone virgin. No idea what Red Zone Channel was up until yesterday afternoon when, oh my I, when God. I came home from the airport. And I was like, well, we were watching like Bears and I was like, dude, I don't want to watch this. Like, can we, can we watch Red Zone? He goes, what's Red Zone? And I was like, oh. what's Red Zone? And I just blew his mind. He was uh, of, of how incredible you know what you need to do? the Red Zone Channel Remove was. Remove him from that house. Well, remove him from that house. I don't want to be a caretaker for a 16 year old. That's just, I, 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 I have <laughs> my put own, him in red zone foster my, care. my own, but it's tough to wipe right now. I'm not, not responsible for another one. Thanks That's not that happening. Update. You're welcome. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm just letting you know, but yes, it was hilarious teaching him red zone. Amazing. What a, all right. Uh, I would think yeah, the first time you discover red zone is like the first time you discover porn. It's just like, Whoa, what? I didn't know this existed. Anyhow, those are your Viking <laughs> statements here on a Monday. I didn't see that coming. Mackie and Judd, but um, let's uh, let's continue with some twins related statements here. Oh, good on the show. Let me ask you guys this before we get into this. What's yep. probably going to be a twins eulogy of statements here? They're now what four and a half back in the division after getting swept by the Guardians, who have basically done nothing in the off season or at the deadline to improve their team. They're just they traded along in a Sandy Leone to the Twins. That was their deadline yeah. move. Yeah, I mean, they're literally just, like, existing in this division, and nobody wants to pass them, including the Twins. So before we get to our twin statements, last year it was around the trade deadline, and the Twins were so buried and uninteresting, and you had the NHL and NBA seasons were were stretched out longer and offseason than the Vikings. We literally went from, like, the trade deadline. Now you're going. I think we talked Twins once in October when Buxton signed an extension in November. Mm-hmm. I think we talked Twins like twice between August 1st and when they signed Carlos Correa. Yeah, We're right. talking Twins here. We will definitely talk Twins right now, today. When will we talk Twins next? Uh, after today. Probably if there's a change after the offseason. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to bury him. I'm... I'm I'm done with them. I have, I, I, I'm absolutely done with them. I, I have I have no interest. My buddy and I have this text thread that we go back and forth. We say twins are back. No, they're not. Like we literally we 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 do. It's a flip flop. <laughs> if they're hot, twins are back. The twins are dead. It's it's been a flip flop for the last like week and a half, two weeks. I'm done with them, dude. I, I don't care if they're cremated. I don't care for putting them six feet in the ground. I w- I want to purge myself of the 2022 twins. The Vikings are here. NHL training camp starts soon. NBA is around the corner. I'm done with the Twins. Can't stand them. A year ago, I was, because uh, that, that team was so bad, apathetic towards them. Now, uh, I'm actually, I am, I've got some passion at how mad I've become at what a stupid numbskull baseball team this has become. Great word. Yeah. And so I actually think, while I do not think that there will be changes, I actually think it might make sense right after the season to talk about what changes, including potentially front office and managerial, they should make. This is one of the stupidest baseball teams of all time. And and the problem is, you know, I, I feel like people now are catching on a little bit. Oh, it's, a, it's a disappointment, huh? Uh, but the excuses offered up by so many in this town to me really pisses me off. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily done venting, but yeah, let's let's start now. Phil, you come Dude, off the top have- rope. 
Oh, oh. Just come really? off the top Thank rope. Thank you. Yeah, just come you're, you're the biggest twins guy here. Come off the damn top rope and put an elbow right into their skull. Happily. Um, all right, here's my, here's my first statement. So a lot of people, this, this franchise has become very stale, just underachieving the last couple of years. And then I'll get into some of the things you're going to hear. But my first statement is, buckle up, Twins fans. Because if you're hoping for big change, just know that the owner, Jim Polad, is probably elated with the results this season. Considering after last year, when the Twins finished last place in the division, he came out and told the Pioneer Press, Charlie Walters, that he thinks this front office is doing an A-plus job. So if they were an A-plus last year, and they've improved, I mean, they might flirt with 500 this year. So if you go from last place to flirting with 500, they are a lock to move up at least two spots in the division. Imagine the bonuses that these front office members are going to get from the zombie owner that is Jim Polad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't point. know. I don't know if 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 he thought they were an A plus last year, then they must be A plus plus this year. So buckle up, Twins fans. Good point. More of the same going forward is is my guess here. That's my first statement. Season ticket holder. Okay, I'll go. Uh, mine would be, please stop. Can we, I'll do a chancy in Fargo. Can we stop? Can we stop trying to project what an injured Twins lineup would look like if they were if they were all healthy right now? If I see one more person suggest, hey, if you put this nine lineup of all these injured players and plugged in maybe this rotational person or this bullpen person, they'd be running away with the AL Central. <laughs> this team as constructed as the lineup they pulled out all weekend all their pitching rotation and, and bullpen members that they have at their disposal right now can win this division. And they're not. They're not. The players that they're missing is not the missing link from this. Are you kidding me? They're shooting themselves in the foot the last week. They're, they're going to they're gonna blow their chance to win a division that they were in first place in for 75% of the season. But we're worried that Alex Kirloff's wrist was the reason we're not 10 games over right now. That Jorge Alcala, because he can't pitch the sixth inning, we're not 10 games over 500. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? No, this well, team... Someone is, needs to pitch the sixth inning. Well, yeah, the starters does. certainly aren't. But my God, just stop projecting that an injured lineup of, of players that are not available for you are the reason you are not running away with this division. It's crap. Yep. Phil's tweet well, a lot, was perfect. A lot of people feel this. that way. In fact, well, let's sorry, I jumped in line here. I guess yeah, but. your tweet perfectly summarized how oh, ridiculous it is to be like, well, it's, it's all injury. No, but I mean, nobody. Else, I I, I want to see more of this. It was a great tweet. It I was mean, a really good tweet. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, so so I do have this as a statement too. Get ready for the Twins' excuse police to cite bad luck and injuries as the main reasons why the <laughs> Twins will miss the playoffs. Never mind the fact that most of the current contributors that just got swept and got smoked by Yankees and by by the White Sox, most of the current contributors on the Twins active roster were part of the plan all along. AL batting champ, well, second right now because he's fallen off, but like Luis Arise having a career season, part of the plan. Right. Your $35 million shortstop was part of the plan. Yep. Jose Miranda, one of your best rookie hitters, actually wasn't really part of the plan, but became part of the plan. And he's better than Sano. Right? And he's better than Miguel He's great. Yep. Uh, You have a 29-year-old Max Kepler in the middle of his prime under a long-term contract that was part of, not only part of the plan, but like a huge part of the plan. Yep. Part of the nucleus, right? Yep. 
You had a third baseman that you willingly traded for in Gio Urshela. It's been fine. A catcher DH that you willingly traded for in Gary Sanchez. Again, like you, you planned this. These guys were supposed to be in your lineup. Yep. A former number five overall pick in Nick Gordon that you actually probably planned for a couple of years ago, but he's just like, you know, he's had some health issues. He's been, and now he's, now he's here. Uh, on the pitching side, again, the guys that you planned to be in your rotation have made up 80% of the starts this year, which is pretty damn good. If I would have told you, hey, Buxton's going to play almost 100 games, mm-hmm. and your starting pitching staff that you planned for is going to make 80% of the starts, mm-hmm. you'd say, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the plan, right? Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, and then a combination of Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock, and Tyler Malley have made 80% of the starts this year. And then the injuries to Paddock and Malley were 100% self-inflicted because you traded for guys that a quick Google search would show you had known arm injuries in the weeks leading up. So, correct. Um, again, most of these guys are part of the plan. And so, yeah, Buxton got hurt again. Polanco recently went on the, you know, Polanco's played 80% of the games this year. It's not like he's been out all year. And uh, and, I'll, and I'll give you Kirloff and Larnick. Those guys were supposed to be contributors. But like Dex said, were they, were they swaying this thing by? No, no. I mean, Kirloff hasn't proven really anything in the major leagues yet. It, it's all potential to this point. And we have made it very and, clear from day one that they need to go out and have, a, if they don't think that the Buxton replacement is sufficient, that's their fault by this point. You need yeah. to go get a guy that can play left field, move to center, and is a big league talent. And if you don't think that Celestino is, that's your fault again. People are, I think my main point here is not to totally dismiss injuries. Injuries have been a reason why the Twins have not won as many games. I'll give you that. But two things. Number one, a lot of teams deal with bad injuries. Ask Cleveland the last several years. I mean, there's hell the Dodgers losing pitchers left and right. So there's there's a lot of teams that deal with injuries. The Twins aren't the only team that's lost a couple starting players due to injuries. Yep. And 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 I would say the second part to this is people are making out bad luck and injuries to be like eighty percent of the reason why. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of underlying things, bad decisions questionable moves in trades and free agency over the years that have led them to this point. You know, players in their prime dropping off a cliff like Sano and Kepler. Mm-hmm. Just the, the the overall pitching strategy of, all right, we're gonna we're gonna be brutally diligent about pulling pitchers, you know, at seventy five pitches and before the fifth inning or sixth inning. Okay, well then what okay. But you need a lot of bullpen innings now to make up for that. And you don't have the horses in your bullpen yep. until the trade deadline. So it's like just there's a lot of things that have nothing to do with injuries that make up the reason why they're under 500. Anyways, all right. Judd. You are despicable. The Twins are a despicable collection. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I have compared them previously to the Wild teams that I ended up hating with a passion because they were despicable. And... They basically, it came to fruition in the Cleveland series in games one and two. I believe you went down seven rip and six rip. And what did we get late in the game? A furious rally. Oh, the Minnesota Twins have the tying run on base. It's incredible. Sound familiar? Losers. Losers who try and come back when it's too late to say, well, look, you see what we did? You see, you are a despicable collection put together by people that don't necessarily get the game. But the worst part is, if they do, you guys can't play it. You're stupid on the bases. You make stupid mistakes. 
and you rally when it doesn't matter. You know what? If you're going to be in a huge series, a huge series, if you are going to go down by by seven runs and then I think six runs, just be dead. Just that's it. It's over. Okay. It's over. Not this, oh, but you got you got to see how we pulled within one, you know. Coming up next, the Twins highlights, they nearly rally. Screw you. Screw that. It is despicable. You are absolutely despicable. <laughs> Coming up next on Ballet Sports North, we're going to go inside Ryan Jeffers' home and find out how he loves kids. Anyway, I am sick and tired of teams in this town putting on late rallies and then raising their hand and being like, you see what we did? It's a despicable. I enjoy the fight. I enjoy the fight. God. I think that it shows character. It shows zero character. You know what it shows? <laughs> it shows when all hope is lost that, oh, we just pulled our head out of our you-know-what and decided to show up. It's These guys make me sick. They make me as sick as the wild did, and I'm sick of them. Go away. Be done. Get your act together, and I'll see you in the spring. Oh, amazing. I, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. Go for Here's it. what I would do. Here's what I would do. I don't think he's been hired yet since he got let go. I would kick the tires on John Daniels. I'm the old Rangers, that. he was the youngest general manager ever hired like 16 years ago. And and it's the Rangers have fallen off in the last three or four years, which is why he got let go. But he knows what he's doing. He has built a, a, a pennant-winning team twice over. And I think... I think the Twins have just... I, it, dude, it's been six years. The pitching development isn't what you thought you were getting with Falvey. Correct. Um, I mean, maybe you can even keep... Here's what I would do. I might even... I think Falvey serves a good... Per, Falvey was clearly valuable in Cleveland. I don't know if he would accept this, but if I had a chance to bring John Daniels in above everyone else... All right, John Daniels is running everything now. Derek Thad, you guys are... Hey, we like you. You guys are welcome to stick around, but you're going to be working for John Daniels now. I mean, I don't know if they'd want to stick around for that, but I, when a guy like that is available, you should talk to him. I don't know that Jim Polad knows he's available yet because I don't know that Jim Polad like follows anything that's happening with this team very closely. I'm sure, he gets emails and stuff. Oh, we'll see. But I would, I would make that phone call if I were the Twins. Anything else from you guys? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I have three games left in my package, and, and they've luckily, because I'm such a valued season ticket holder and I've had to watch this, they're they're double my uh, discount on food and beer for the rest of the of, of the games. So what, so it's free now? So it's, just... it's like 30% <laughs> off, which, which that is, that's a significant upgrade for yep, me here. So, awesome. uh, so I, I will be advantage. drinking the discounted beer at like more of a halfway decent price. Uh, that, is, yeah. that, is, that is what I'll be doing this weekend Spickle. and week. You know, I think barrier. there's so much competition for your sports money in the Twin Cities right now. The Vikings look like a blast. Obviously, the Timberwolves just made a bunch of aggressive moves and, and they're prime. You know, the Wild have one of the most exciting young players in Kaprizov. There's always Minnesota United, the Gopher football team. There's all kinds of stuff, right? Gopher volleyballs rank like there. There's a lot of places to put your Minnesota United, your sports money. I would just say, you know, Twins fans, don't feel guilty. The Twins owe you a lot more than you owe them at this right. point. So you you shouldn't be made to feel guilty about getting bored with the Twins. And by it's the, been almost 20 years since they've won a playoff game. By the way, it's okay to be upset and like go through these lumps and go through this if they pop back up and like, oh, it's, it's like what people are doing with us, with us with the Vikings right now. Like, no, no, you were hating on them. So like, So now we're not allowed 
to celebrate their success when they actually figure out their warts and they actually maximize all the things around them. Now, now it's forbidden. It is forbidden to do that. No, no, it's not. Dude, I got a lot of that last night. You're not welcome on the Vikings bandwagon now. After all you said about them, you mean after I criticized a team that underperformed for two years and had a coach that needed to be straightened out or let go? That like so so if you provide justified, warranted critiques of the team that you're passionate about, that uh, you're no longer allowed on the unless you are fully bought in, full positivity, never question anything. I despise that attitude. We set the agenda. We don't follow it. Our expectations need to be met for us to jump on board. The Twins are not meeting those expectations. No, they're not. And they deserve what they get. And and there might need to be change. Vikings should have made changes when we started to call for them. A far better thing if they had. They did, though. They made. I think they did eventually. Um, A shout-out to our friends over at Meadows at Mystic, too. Fall golf season is rapidly approaching. You know, people think because, uh, you know, the September hits and you get after Labor Day that that golf season is also over, right? Maybe you get the dock out of the water at the cabin and like, oh, I'll have to put away my golf clothes. No, no, no. Fall golf is the elite time to golf, and you should be doing that at the Meadows at Mystic Lake, where you can book your tee time, golfthemeadows.com, to learn more. It's an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. Uh, it's conveniently located about a 30-minute drive south of the Twin Cities. Go check them out. Book your tee time now. Enjoy some fall golf. Enjoy maybe some leave, even some late summer golf here because we're still a little bit high in temperatures. But book your tee time now at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. And thanks to Federated for jumping in for yet another season, uh, football season here. Federated's been around for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they've been supporting Mackey and Judd and Score North and Purple Daily for, uh, for a handful of years. And uh, they've been supporting businesses for much longer than that. Find out how your business can be maximized, taken to the next level through risk management tools and resources. Thanks to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. We set the agenda. Unless it's Patrick Royce, then he sets the agenda because uh, it's five minutes overdue for us to record Royce Unchained. And he is uh, he's go. banging on the door. Let's go. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Mackie and Judd.